And Paige, thank you for doing this with me. And I, I appreciate you. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm really happy to be here with you, Sandy. This is a great opportunity. And I just hope that my community gets to know more about your beautiful, down-to-earth, kind, wise approach to the search for love. So I'm just thrilled to be here. And um, if I could, I'd like to tell my audience, the people that are my audience, because your audience knows about you, but I'd (laughs) love to tell my audience about you a little bit. Sandy Weiner, my good friend Sandy Weiner, is the chief love officer at, and I just love this name, Last First Date. She's an internationally known TEDx speaker, a dating and relationship coach, an author, and a podcast host. And her approach to coaching is holistic, encompassing, a hybrid mix of life coaching, neurolinguistic programming, and nonviolent communication. She's the author of Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love, and Choice Points in Dating, which we're going to be talking about, Empowering Women to Make Healthier Decisions in Love. And she's also the host of two popular podcasts, Last First Date Radio and the Woman of Value podcast. And she believes, and I agree fully, it is never too late to have the life and love you want. So, so happy to be here with you, Sandy. Uh, thank you so much, Ken. I have been a huge fan of yours for so long and loved having you on the podcast, love deeper dating, both the podcast and the book. And I talk a lot about attractions of deprivation and inspiration. And I, mm. I just, I love what you do. So this is, this is so fun for me. Yay. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. So I do have like a whole bunch of questions that I would love to ask you for for the audience, if I could. Sure. Because these are things that you've done such deep thinking about and have just kind of created an entire model and a construct that, that people should know about and be able to use and access. So I want to talk first about this concept of being at choice and then being at choice when dating. And are we really, truly always at choice in dating? Well, I think a lot of people think we're not at choice. I think Mm. that it was something that kept coming up for me, both as a person dating and also as a dating coach, that a lot of people are very stuck in beliefs that according to how they were raised or their life circumstances or any any of the beliefs they have that they just didn't have a choice they had to make the choices that they made so whether it's getting married at a young age to somebody they didn't really care for or not dating again after divorce or loss or never having been married we can all tell ourselves that we just didn't have a choice our parents were abusive. Uh, we had a terrible experience. And so we we stay stuck in that mindset. And I, I believe that when we really shift our mindset, we start to realize that we have many more choices than we think we do. And a lot of it is just that mindset shift and learning some skills that help us to make wiser choices. There's so much in what you said. And um like those points that you raised are points that I've heard people describe so many times. And, and, and with that, maybe a feeling of trauma or a feeling of exhaustion or fatigue or uh, just having been hurt too much. 
So you're saying that there are sets of skills that can, so, so there are two pieces here, the changing that mindset and then skills that can actually help us do that. So, you know, I've just heard from recently from a lot of my audience that this thing that someone titled discouragement fatigue is such a big one that robs people of a sense of choice. The feeling like I can't do this again. It's too exhausting. It's too unkind out there. I've tried so hard. I just, I don't have it in me. What would you say to people like that? What kind of mindset shift would help them? And then what kind of skills might help them? Well, first of all, I can empathize. There is a lot of really hard dating experiences that people go yeah. through, especially in online dating. And I think, first of all, if you're just relying on online dating to meet people, that is limiting. I that is, agree. yeah. So I know that you met your partner doing something that you loved and, and being out there following something that was important to you. So I think that that is one of the first things is don't just rely on online dating, really open, widen your horizons, go to meetups, go to clubs, go to other things. But also how are you showing up to these things? And so if you go with an open mindset to, let's even just take online dating. If you go in every time expecting to be disappointed, you are going to be disappointed more likely than not. And it's it's a protection thing. Like we want to stay safe and we want to guard ourselves and not, not feel hurt each time we feel rejection. But people can't reject you unless they know you. So that's also important to hmm. note. That's a good point. <laughs> but I think also just coming in and being open to the surprises. I, I, in fact, I, I just wrote a speech that I'm going to be giving tomorrow night on the surprises in online dating. And there are good and bad surprises. There are the yeah. bad ones where, you know, people ghost you and send you pictures of body parts that you never wanted to see and you can't unsee. And, it, you know, people show up with all kinds of lies. That's part of it. But there's also a part where you come in with out the expectation that that person is going to be the one or that they have to pick you and you aren't worthy. So I hope they pick me. Like those are all mindset things, but like yes. I'm, I'm coming in to meet a new person. I'm going to set the expectation that I'm going to spend an hour with a new person. What social skills can I bring to this conversation? What can I leave them with and what can they leave me with? How can I practice dating skills? You know, just learning to let go of all of that stuff that we normally would bring to the dating world. As you're talking, it's like being guided in a meditation to shift your mindset. Like, I, I think that like what you're saying should be like a clip that people listen to on their phone before going into a date. That was mm -hmm. so healing and so wise. Oh. Um, yeah, I never heard anybody say that thing about like, what am I going to leave them with? And what are they what could they leave me with? I've never heard that before. Could you say more about that? Yeah, I, I'll give an example. I uh, met a guy in November, who we connected on a dating app. And he was really cute. He was probably about 12 years younger than I was, which meant something to me because I was dating men my age and finding a lot of them were kind of tired 
and not very interesting. So, uh, uh, so we start uh, we started chatting, and I'm thinking, oh, this is this is kind of cool. Like I finally met somebody who I feel there might be something going on here. Uh, I said, can would you like to continue this conversation on the phone? And he said, well, I can't really talk because I'm actually leaving the country. I don't live here. So he was like 45 minutes away, but he lived across across the pond, thousands of miles away. So what do I do? Now, the old me would have said, okay, have a good life. That's nice. But we started to have these lovely conversations. And I said, let me just see where this goes. I don't have an agenda. Love that. Love that. And yeah. we just kind of explored. And we've been getting to know each other for the last four months We've had video chats. I know he's not like a catfisher. He's not somebody dressed up as something else. And we're actually supposed to meet next week. He's coming back into town to see his daughter who lives about 45 minutes from here. So th there's a connection there. And I think that for a lot of people, they are looking just for one certain thing. So that's the you know, what, what am I learning from him? What is he learning from me? And I think that's the, you know, having that conversation, even if it's just one date, you know, you're not going to just talk about yourself and you're not going to let them go on and on. Maybe you're interrupting them and having a conversation where you lead it somewhere. Maybe you're practicing some skills where you're being a little more vulnerable on a date instead of just trying to show up looking perfect and acting perfect. These are all things that we can do on a date that leave us both feeling like we've gotten something out of it. This is beautiful. I love that. I love that. I love that you're, you're kind of, you know, because the, that, that hyper-focus of, is this going to be the one just makes us crazy and, and, and activates all of our fight and flight and um, you know, all those kind of things. And um what you're describing is I'm going to meet a human being and I'm going to be a human being. And that's how I'm going to use this. That is just such a gorgeous intention and um, really the antithesis of way so many dating apps are built to have people connect. It's like, yeah. is this person hot to me or not? Swipe. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there are so many reasons like with this guy who I've been talking to that, I should not be talking to him if I was only looking for the one. And I just said, you know what, this is, we've had beautiful conversations, whatever this is, it doesn't need to have a name. It doesn't need to become something. I don't need to label it. I don't need to put it in a box, but the old me did, you know, the old me needed to have a, a father for children and, and a husband and somebody to protect me in certain ways. And, it's, it's such a different, different mindset to just come in and say, I'm open to the surprises. I'm open to the magic that could happen when you let go. That is such a, such a shift from a fear mentality to, uh, you know, I can feel the soothingness, the wisdom, the groundedness in what you're describing. It's just fabulous. I, I love it. I just want everyone to really get that. I can actually viscerally feel the shift inside me, like just coming from the place of thinking of it that way. And also I tell people all the time, like, don't let distance stop you. Like, like the question that I tell people to ask is if this person was a soulmate, would it be worth it to travel? And um, so 
you know, I love that. I love that. I love what you're saying. To me, that's a spiritual framing that is a deep reframing and goes against so much of what we get taught. So I just, I adore that. I really would love it if you made that into a, a meditation that people could download and use. I just think it's fabulous. Oh, I do. You. I really do. So then going along that line, intuition Sometimes it feels like our intuition just screws us because someone's so exciting and so wonderful and they feel so right. And then it ends up being so wrong. And yet there is a quality of what you call our inner GPS. So how can you learn to trust your inner GPS when it comes to dating and relationships, knowing that it's so easy to be seduced? The seduction happens when... I think you're not really tuning in to your true intuition. I think that people often, first of all, get confused between intuition and that gut feeling that's based on triggers and fears. And so if something comes up and maybe a person reminds you of somebody from your past and you think, oh, my, my gut just tells me that person must be a narcissist because they remind me, and you don't really know them well enough to know any of those things. It's important to stay open and curious about that person and find out more, find out what that, that trigger is. And first of all, process within yourself. So we, there's a lot we can do to kind of differentiate between that fear-based intuition and a true intuition, which is really based on our core values and who we really are inside. So when we're really tuned in and there's an exercise in the book on how to really identify those core values and what is really important to you, then you're making your decisions based on who you are and what you need at your core, not what society tells you, not what your old woundedness tells you or your past relationships that didn't work out. And so that becomes your inner guide and it takes time and it helps to have guidance from a coach or a therapist to really get clear about what those things are. But once you do, you can, you have that felt sense. And that's why also being open to not dating your type, which is usually the worst thing you can do, um, because that's familiar and that's usually based on wounds and, and stuff from your past that wasn't healthy. But then you you really can feel into I'm I'm talking to somebody who sees me, who feels like a, a familiarity, but based on on what's really real and what's true, not what's based on fear. Right, right. And what about the the thing of there's somebody and you're deeply attracted to them and they show you pyrotechnical qualities of intelligence and compassion and care and presence. Like it's this flash of like all those wonderful things and they're really sexy and really hot. But really underneath, this is not someone who's able to sustain, but what you feel is this rush of such deep hope and longing and desire what do you do to get back to your GPS there? <laughs> That's hmm. challenging. I I, yeah, uh, I once had a, a working title for a book and it was Eyes Wide Open, Legs Firmly Shut. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of my wisdom here is yeah, yeah, really yeah. 
uh, you've got to be able to think straight and you can't think very straight when you are having sex and when you're getting physical too soon and you're believing you're filling in the blanks basically. Cause that's well what we said. Do. Yeah. Right. So see a person like even with this guy I was talking about before he was handsome. He had all these wonderful things, but Oh wait, you don't live here. Oh wait, you are still living with, he's, he's living with a, a partner who he's not, not sexual with, but they're still mm. living together. Mm. So that was another layer. And then I got curious, what does that mean? What is the, so what would happen if we got to know each other and we really liked each other? Would you ever consider moving what I consider moving? Like you've got to be bold enough to ask questions if you want to go in that direction and not just assume anything and not fill in the blanks that this person is so sexy that they must be my soulmate. And then you become blind to all the red flags and that attraction makes you a little bit fuzzy in your brain. <laughs> mm -hmm. This concept of filling in the blanks, I love that. That is really great. And so in a way, when we fill in the blanks, we disconnect from our inner GPS. Mm -hmm. And when we're really actually noticing uh, and asking and being curious and learning instead of leaping ahead, um, that's when we can reconnect to our inner GPS when we get thrown by that kind of attraction. Yeah. But I just want to stay with this for a moment because I think it's such, I've, I haven't heard that phrase before and I think it's, it's so great. And I just um, would love it if people could take a minute and think like, what if you use this as a tool? Like even thinking about this now, where, and this is for everyone, even those of us in a relationship now, where am I filling in the blanks? Where am I filling in the blanks? Um, and believing that, because I've filled in the blanks, like where, this is such a rich question for people, like where do I do that in my dating life? Where do I fill in the blanks? Historically, when I've done that, what has happened? So I just really want to note that and mark that as like a danger point in the dating journey when we fill in the blanks and assume that's reality. That's yeah. just huge. That's like, that's great. Like uh, in the game board of dating, if it was like <laughs> a game board, that would be like, that's a pit you could get stuck in and you have to wait for the right card and you have to wait and wait and wait. When you fill in the blanks and assume it's true. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love the question. And I also, as you're talking, I'm thinking we fill in the blanks on the other end too. We fill in the blanks making assumptions that a person is something bad right? Because, without really knowing them. And often we miss amazing connections because we've made this, these huge assumptions. And so really approaching each person as a clean slate, as I'm, I'm on a new planet and I'm getting to know this person, I know nothing about this planet and I'm gonna stay open, curious and present, which is really hard to do. <laughs> But if we can have an intention to do that, we will stop filling in the blanks and we will really see with eyes open. I asked people in my mailing list to tell me what was their biggest stuck point. And 120 people answered. And um, I got to like cull through all of that. And I would say one of the absolute biggest ones was this concept of discouragement, fatigue, like the exhaustion, the tiredness, the jadedness, the disappointment, the bitterness, um, the hurt. 
And what you're describing is, I think, an antidote to discouragement fatigue, because discouragement fatigue is having old eyes. It's having eyes that are seeing based on all of these fill in the blanks. They're all, it's so much, there's so much fill in the blanks in that. What you're describing is actually a method to make dating new in the same way that each person and each opportunity actually really is new. So I love that. That's great. Thank you. What's your method of creating this list of must-haves and deal breakers that, that you recommend that people do? Yeah. So most people are really not very good at making these lists. You know, I was just listening to a Conan O'Brien's podcast and he was, he was talking to a woman from Ireland who was, um, had called in, there's a segment called Conan needs a fan. And she was saying that she's on the dating apps and he said, well, what are you looking for? And she said, somebody who's funny and has a lot of hair on his head. <laughs> oh, and, and if he likes music, that's good too. That was, that was it. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And that is not the list that's going to get you in, onto right. the date of the, with the person that's going to be a good fit. And she was saying, but in Ireland, there's so many people who have the same exact profile, just like here, there are people who have similar profiles that just get old, people in the gym and people holding the fish. And I'm talking from a woman's perspective who are looking right. for a man. And she said there, it's like everybody's sea swimming and, you know, and it's just like, and, and Conan said something smart, which is some of those sea swimmers might be great guys and you're not even giving them a chance. So I think that's important to know, but also hair is not a character trait. Sense of humor is really personal. Yes, it's important to be able to laugh with your partner, but people can be funny and not find each other funny. And so my method is really to ask yourself how you want to feel when you're with that person. Mm. Once you get clear, I want to feel, and most women will say safe. They want to feel safe emotionally, sexually, financially. Like if you go through the categories and I would say most people want to feel safe. It's not just a, a woman thing. Then you ask yourself, who does that partner have to be in order for me to feel safe emotionally, for example? he would have to be a good communicator. He'd have to be somebody who's not conflict avoidant and isn't afraid to talk things out. He would have a growth mindset. He would not have this fixed way of looking at things as a victim. So you would feel it as you meet that person. This person is curious and open and has told you that, that they've done therapy and that they want to work things out. And if something happens, they're going to not shove it under the rug. They're going to talk about it with you. And even if they're resistant, they're still going to be valuing you and the relationship enough to work through it. So it's, it's really about the feeling and then mm. coming from the feeling to the traits that, that a person would have to have. Absolutely. And then the, and then the deal breakers are pretty much the opposite. It's if somebody says no addictions, it's more about you want somebody who's untreated, somebody who isn't taking care of debt, for example. So financial responsibility is different from financial stability. 
nobody's stable financially. Like we all went through a lot of financial stuff in the last few years. That's not necessarily indicative of a character trait. What is indicative of a character trait is how did you deal with it? What did you do when crisis yes, happened? Yes, yes. So good, so good, yeah. And you know, um, there's a concept called the principle of instrumentality, which is like a well-studied, uh, well-researched concept, which is that when you have a goal, people who meet that goal, you're more likely to notice them and be attracted to them. So if people have these, if, if people develop this must-have, then that becomes their goal, that they're looking for someone like that. You will be more likely to find it notice it and be attracted to it once you actually do that process. Mm -hmm. So um, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful process. And, and to me, so much of what you're talking about is a shift in a way to understand your search for love that actually heals you, stabilizes you, gives you a sense of adventure and connectedness to the world and to your own heart and to yourself. That's kind of something I'm hearing so strongly in everything you're saying. Mm. Thank you for that. I mean, I, I do believe that when you do this inner work and you make those shifts, you don't see dating as drudgery and it's, it's all opportunities and you're open to the surprises and the magic that happens when you make connections. You know, if you're the type of person who talks to everybody, like I go on a walk and I, I've gotten to know some of the people I pass every day and you talk to the cashier and you, you see humans as valuable, inherently valuable, and that everybody has some gift to offer and you're, you're going to grow from every encounter. Both people will grow, like I said before. And so it's, it really is just a whole way of looking at the world. And then it just opens up so many possibilities. Yeah, that's so true. It's so true. It's great. It's great. And not what people often hear in dating advice. It's mm -hmm. very, very different. I feel like there's a quality in which so much dating advice is so fixed. Do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that. And your approach is, is, is very much kind of more organic and appreciative as opposed to transactional. And uh, I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. like, you know, your brand is deeper dating. It's, it is about going deeper. It's never just about, you know, let's put a Band-Aid on it. Let's just flirt more. And right. I had a, somebody came to me once um, after talking to another dating coach. And she said her advice was I should grow my hair and wear tighter clothes and show my show my cleavage. And I was like, I didn't know. That's not my approach at yes. all. Right, right. Because <laughs> you can be showing your cleavage and growing your hair and you still don't have dating skills and you're still going to carry all your old stuff with you. And wherever you go, there you are. And, you know, all of these people who think there's this quick fix, you're just going to go hire a matchmaker and they're going to immediately find you a match and you won't have to do any work. Right. It's it's not it's joyous work. It really is. It's not like hard labor to to go through this stuff. It, it the the rewards are so great. It is so true, and I guess that also speaks to you saying 
these are human beings you're going to be meeting. Yeah, which is why it's like, not my... just a job or a needle in a haystack. It's human beings. You're going to be meeting yeah. human beings. Yeah. And it, and I have a Facebook group called <clears throat> Your Last First Date, and we have quite a few women in there, and we have very strict guidelines because of just what you're saying that people see see the opposite sex or whoever they're they're looking for as the enemy almost it's like they want people to support them in saying these people are terrible you know most people can't be trusted and then you get like the whole gang approach to Ugh, you know let's attack and it that's absolutely not allowed in my group and i have these seven amazing monitors who keep the group safe and sane because these kinds of conversations should be guided they are you don't gain anything by being a victim and by saying um ooh you know run away they're narcissists it's it's such a common trope and it's so harmful both to ourselves and to others Yes, so true. So true. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. That kind of open perspective. Uh, oh, here's another question. What about the thing of like, should I stay in this relationship or should I leave it? What about that question that so many people wrestle with? It's really a human part of this journey. Any advice or thoughts for people who are living that question? It's not a quick answer, but I think that so much of it has to do with the clarity that we talked about earlier. If you're clear about your own inner GPS, if you're clear about your true must-haves and deal breakers, if you're good at communicating and getting curious when something does pop up and you know the difference between this is my stuff and this is their stuff, and this is our stuff. So in every relationship, there's the yours, mine, and ours. And if you can talk things out, if you're having fun, if you are feeling safe, then don't just run away with the first argument, because that's what a lot of people do. Or they mm -hmm. run away mm -hmm. after the first honeymoon period starts to fade out, and then they're left with looking at a real person with real flaws and we all are human. And so if you can get beyond that and then go to that deeper level with a person who can go there with you, it's worth exploring further. And if not, then it might be time to go. So I think that's the short answer, but that's part of it. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot more complexity to figuring out what's my pattern, what's their pattern. How are we working this through together? But this really important point of don't fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. At least do the work to find out who is this person? Who am I in this conflict, in this difficulty? Who is this person? Who am I? And who are we together? Yeah, yes. totally agree. For everyone who wants this to be their last first date, what advice do you have? What, what tips do you have for people that really want deeply, deeply, truly want a wonderful relationship? So this is a question I ask all my podcast guests, and I think it's fun to answer it. I've had mm. about 560 guests so far. Oh, my Lord. Yes, wow. quite a lot. Um, I would say really do the work, you know, do the work so that mm. you're, you're in a good headspace when you're dating. And once you're grounded and centered, 
then you're empowered. You are vulnerable. You're able to let your guard down. And, you know, my, my TEDx talk was all about the, the guards that we put up and how we are often soft and mushy on the inside, like a Tootsie Pop and hard and layered on the outside. And the point is that we do that because we're afraid and we're trying to protect ourselves, yes. but we also keep ourselves from that lasting love that we're looking for. And so the, the antidote to that is to really do the inner work and to get so strong on the inside that you can soften on the outside, like a beautiful, heath bar. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that. And any last thoughts from the heart that you want to share? Any last pieces of advice or kind of just insights or thoughts that are coming to you right now that you would like to share with our shared audience? Well, I think something that just popped in my head as I as I talk to you and I love our conversation so much and I love your approach. I find that a lot of people fill their brains with too many approaches and mm, they start mm. reading every book and then mm. going to every webinar and every seminar and, oh, it's my masculine energy. Oh, it's my attachment style. Oh my God, it's mm, I have mm. to change who I am because this specialist told me that I, I'm doing this too much. And I think I want to encourage people to pick a lane and mm, mm. really really find someone that aligns with you and mm -hmm. stop, stop filling your brain with everything else. Cause it, it really overwhelms and confuses. And then you really have to learn to trust yourself because that's really where the wisdom is. And so if you find a guide that speaks to you, take it in, take what works, throw out the rest, but ultimately it's, it's really about you. You are, you are your own personal guide. And that's really where the wisdom is going to be sourced from. Mm, that's so interesting because that's an absolute parallel to the search for love. It's you, you to follow your inner GPS, but choose a path, choose a lane and then follow it through, do the work, like to really see it's such a similarity to relationship in that way too. like stay and do the work. First, follow your inner GPS, then stay and do the work. And the other piece that I would add to that, that research back so completely is don't do it alone. If you're going to be changing these deep, deep habits and evolving your patterns, please don't do it alone. Do it with support. Even if that support is just a friend who's studying that same path as you or a coach or a group, this is something you and I both believe in. Um, Sandy. And speaking of which, people who are hearing what you're saying and are resonating with it, that would like to work with you, listen to you, learn from you, what are all the different ways that they can do that? Well, thank you, Ken. If what I said today speaks to you and you want to work with me, you can fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary breakthrough call. And Beautiful. So that link would be lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's pretty easy to remember. And if you're a woman and would like to join my women only Facebook group, it's your last first date on Facebook. My podcast, all the links are on my website, lastfirstdate.com. You can follow me on social media, go get the book. Here's the 
yes. choice points in dating book and Your beautiful uh, new book. <laughs> thank you. And I'm already writing my third book. Um, wow. And so anybody who wants to be considered for that book, that one is going to be about finding love later in life. And actually, oh. Ken, I would love to interview you for my book. Oh, I right. think yeah. that uh, so many people give up hope. And so the book is going to be real life stories of people who found love later and some of the keys to how they did it, how they knew this person was the keeper and, and some of the keys and mindset shifts and things that they practiced that led to them finding love. And so oh, I think- Gorgeous, gorgeous. Such a necessary book. Necessary. I'm excited. And I, I hope that you'll allow me to interview you. Oh, I'd love to. I have quite a story of finding love in later life. So yes. Yes. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ken. Thank I love you. you. <laughs> I love you too. You are awesome. The world needs more teachers like you and everyone who's touched by what Sandy says. I really encourage you to take advantage of her wisdom and her path and her teaching. Thank you. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. 